All right, this is our final Rocktober episode where we tie everything up and ruminate on the Halloween season that was. It's Death by Video. Hey, I'm Woo! Phil. Hey, I'm Kid. Yeah, and I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. We're going to do a quick rundown of the final few movie- movies we watched during the, uh, the Halloween season. Um, I slowed down. I had a lot of stuff to do. I was out and about and all that crap, but not with other people, just on my own. Um, and uh, played through Broforce again, so that took up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, Broforce is awesome. I really wish there had been a sequel. But, uh, okay, so I'll go first. So I think I left off last time with Kung Fu Zombie. Uh, so my next horror, well, I watched actually The Trial of the Chicago 7 on October 28th, which is not a horror film, but it is because it's, I don't know, Sorkin needs someone to be filtered through. Um <laughs> We were, we're not going to talk about this uh, on this. Um, so I watched the, the the short film Never Hike in the Snow, which is a prequel to the Friday the 13th fan film Never Hike Alone, which was like an hour-long Friday yeah. the 13th fan film. Uh, it brought back Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis and had a huge budget. And I watched Never Hike in the Snow. I liked it. It was huge fine. Budget huge budget as in how – what's a huge budget? Well, a huge budget for a short in that they had like proper production, they had locations. I mean, they had it was a unionized film shoot for one thing for a um, okay. for a short fan film that they could never profit off of. I don't know why they why they made them like, and I get the whole making something for the love of making it, but it's like you need. I would I I just wish they'd spent that time, effort, and money on making an original concept because they could have maybe made a full feature film for the money that they spent on the two shorts or just one short. It's exposure. Sorry? Exposure. Yeah, but... <laughs> but getting paid in exposure. Yeah, that old, that old chestnut. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they brought back Tom Matt. Tom Matthews came back again for Never Hike in the Snow because they were trying to do the whole fabled, we'll do a Friday the 13th film in the, in the snow in the winter. And it was okay, but, but the thing is, they have a good budget, but not good enough to shoot overnight in the winter. So a lot of their stuff was in daylight. Like pretty much all the Jason stuff took place during the day. Um, they brought back the character that plays the deputy from Friday the 13th part six, which I don't think anyone would recognize. It wasn't until I'm like, okay, I bet he's someone because he has a lot of lines and I looked him up. Um, it was fine. Uh, it just, it's the whole, if you're going to show Jason in the daylight, you got to like figure out a way to do it clever. And, and this film didn't do it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to knock the guys cause, cause it was really well made and they're able to get Tom, Tom Matthews in it, but it's still, it's like, I wish they would have made something original. Uh, Kit, what have you seen since we last recorded? Uh, I watched a few things. Um, actually, What's the uh, first I watched, one? I watched, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's, um, or Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, you watched Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I did, yeah, yes. Nice. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. What did you think? Uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's more campy than I remembered, which is, I think, a good thing. Maybe not uh, what they were going for, obviously, but man, Gary Oldman sure chews the scenery. Mm-hmm. It's also a very horny film. It's extraordinarily horny. Oh, yeah. Everybody's horny, oddly, except Keanu Reeves, who's not very horny at all, mm-hmm. much to his... Uh, Well, Francis Ford Coppola going into the making of the film said he wanted it to make the most erotic adaptation of Dracula (laughs) ever, which is odd because the original novel is not erotic. Like Dracula is a pervy old man, but that's (laughs) you're afraid of him. You're not like, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, he certainly horns it up and so does everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I do. I always love the quote of, cause poor Keanu Reeves, like he was like 20 maybe at the time he made this, like his British accent is not good. I just always remember. Winona Riders too is awful. They, they both have terrible British accents. Yeah. Uh, I always remember Keanu Reeves being like, alas, I think Dracula has eluded us yet again. And, poor Carrie Elwes should have been that role, and it seemed more suited to him. And he's mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, second string. Uh, I think one of Winona's, no, uh, Lucy's husband. Yeah, one of the suitors, right? Yeah. So was he the American? Did he play the American, or did he? Oh play no, he didn't. He played. He played a British guy. Right. It's been a long time since I've seen it. There was it, an American, like a rootin' tootin' one. It's it's so over the top. This movie. Yeah. I'm actually coming around to enjoying it for camp value alone. Oh, I think for camp it's quite good, but it's it's one of those things where it's like I still really want to see a good modern scary adaptation of Dracula. Like not something that like oh we'll set it in the in the 1800s. I want to see what a contemporary Dracula would be. They tried to do that with the with the Netflix TV show, but they just went. It wasn't good. I didn't finish I it. I only watched, yeah, I, I, it wasn't good. That's why no one ever remembers it. Phil, you're the most literary person among us. Um, <laughs> what's your opinions of? Uh, <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola's Dram- Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think I saw it as like a preteen. I haven't seen it since then. Oh wow! I've been meaning to rewatch it for years. Mm-hmm. Well, I just remember re- all the horny shit in that movie. But it, it's the first rated R movie I ever saw in the theaters. I was actually I had to have a guardian. I was I was obviously under eighteen. Um, in fact, I was very young. I think when that came out. So strange. I, it, yeah. I remember uh, going to see like Home Alone two at the multiplex. And I guess some uh, some misguided parent took their kids to see Bram Stoker's Dracula, and these like two kids were like being dragged out of the theater crying. <laughs> I don't remember it being that scary though. When you see it, I mean, some of the uh, Dracula, some of his, um, I guess, uh, formations uh, are kind of ghoulish looking, um, but it's never actually very scary. It's just very horny. Mm-hmm. Gruesome? Is it gruesome? Uh, no, okay. Not really. No, there's a lot of blood, but no gore. So okay. there's lots of blood, but no gore, I guess. We should point out that uh, Monica Bellucci, it was an early role for her. Uh, she played one of Dracula's brides. Ah! It's probably the most der- accurate literary adaptation, except. You know, they added some 90s stuff where it's like uh, Dr. Stewart was a morphine addict, which he wasn't in the book. And they they upped the romance between Mina and Dracula because in the in the novel, he's just obsessed with her. And she's kind of like, this is weird and creepy and why I'm under a spell. Whereas in the movie, it's clearly reciprocated. She's like, I am your dead wife basically (laughs) which isn't insane it's not in the book that's not the way it went down francis all right so phil what have you seen that's been spooky since we last recorded um because i we were watching hellraiser for this i decided to finally watch hellbound hellraiser 2 nice finally yes finally yeah and uh hot take i like it somewhat better than the first hellraiser I kind of feel the same way. Although rewatching the original Hellraiser now, I, I, I appreciate it more. I've seen Hellraiser two way more than Hellraiser. Okay, but I, I love. Mean, you know, well, I mean, I've seen the one now, but have you ever seen Hellraiser two, Kit? No, I, I hadn't seen uh, the first one until just for this episode. Oh my gosh! So. Hellraiser two. No, the blind spot. Mm-hmm. 
Hellraiser 2 gets even more gnarly in terms of... Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the mattress scene, Julia's resurrection on the mattress is, is just nasty. I, nice. That's not even, like, the gnarliest part of that movie. No. Just, like, uh, there's no way what, whatever I watched on Shudder was an R-rated cut. Like, there's no way they... Well, no, they, they somehow they got away with it. I don't know how okay. it was, but they, they like... Or maybe maybe it was already always unreleased, but I'll rate it. But I always remember that movie from the first time that I saw it on VHS, like being mm-hmm. uncut. But I mean, like Hellraiser one is R rated, and like everyone now, like it just seems so bizarre now that it would be it would have been R rated, especially they they had to make crazy cuts to get that R rating. And yeah, even with the R rated version, it was banned in Ontario and like on like here in Ontario, like. They still had to cut almost a minute of footage out to like give it to release it theatrically as an R-rated 18. But this is like the old R-rated. It was like yeah, yeah. 17 basically, just 18 restricted to 18 over exclusively. Yeah, well, I mean Ontario doesn't even have a ratings board anymore. They no. shipped that to BC. Thanks, Doug Ford. Yeah. Yep, yep. Go Doug Ford. Um, but yeah, so Hellraiser 2, I love it. Um, Great. We'll talk a bit about that in our. So this is the yeah. this is the Rocktober. Like, sorry guys, we're recording two episodes in one night. So this is Rocktober is five. Is Butterball in the second one? He yeah. sure is. Oh good. Yeah, and uh, uh, what I was going to say is, well, that's going to be a separate episode where we talk about Hellraiser. So moving on, the next film I watched was The Convent from two th- the year two thousand, directed by Mike Mendez. This is a film that I had heard about when it premiered. So it premiered at, at Sundance in the year 2000. Uh, and I read about it in Fangoria. And then it got delayed getting released for years due to, I think, the distribution company that bought it went out of business like the next week after they bought it. Um, and I never saw it until now. It's, it popped up on Tubi. Um, I, if you read my Letterbox review, it's one of those things where I was very disappointed because like I wanted – like it has such a great look and a great design. Like Even though it's shot, it was shot in the late 90s, it definitely has that shot on 16 millimeter film feeling. It, like it feels it's art directed very well. The blood is like neon glow in the dark, which is really awesome and cool and weird and different. Uh, the setting is good. Basically, it's the story of there's this uh, this convent that uh, 30 years earlier, one of the students from the local Catholic school went through it and killed all the nuns and, and the priest. And uh, now a bunch of university students are sneaking in as part of a like a a, a hazing ritual on Halloween night to spend a night in the um, in the old abandoned convent. Um, actually, it's not Halloween night. I don't know why I thought it was, but one of the characters is in, is in a cheerleader uniform, so I assumed it was a costume. But it turns out that she's just a cheerleader. Um, but that. but then they 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 like it, it gets screwed up. Like it's the characters are all douchebags, and except for the one the the goth character who dies early on. And uh, the, they, they get into some bad late 90s electronica music for the, yeah. the scenes. Like it all goes like, and you're like, why, why did you do this? They do all kinds of weird, like we're going to like speed up and slow down and stutter the film because it's 90. I love that. I love it's, that shit. It's not good in this movie though. Um, so I was really bummed and let down. And uh, Adrian Barbeau shows up. Uh, I, I would recommend nice. watching the film just because there's like the design is really cool, the setting's really cool, the aesthetic, but oh, this the characters and the script are awful. Um, the opening sequence is great, set to "You Don't Own My Own Me," while a a uh, 
a Catholic schoolgirl just goes through a, a church murdering nuns and a priest. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I recommend it, but it's, it's not very good. <laughs> thumbs up, but what? Thumb sideways? I would say thumbs 45 degrees pointing down. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, like a meh. Yeah, Ebert never got that specific, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thumb, I wet. have nuance. That's the difference between me and Ebert. He was up <laughs> or down. I have the nuance. Um, Kit, what's the next thing you saw? Um, so I went and watched the original Amityville Horror from 1979, uh, for some reason. Yep. How was it? Uh, it was kind of boring. It I know, a- it's not good. <laughs> um, I, it's got, uh, James Brolin and Margot Kidder, and they both look very, uh, cozy and warm. I don't know, their wardrobe is just a good as- 70s aesthetic quality to it. Lots of knit sweaters. Oh yeah, and turtlenecks and nice uh, like corduroy jackets. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of scares. It's very slow burn. It is funny when the house tells the priest to get out uh, near the start, and uh, he gets completely owned by this house. He has to leave right away, and he vomits. Yeah. This priest, and then he can never go near it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't know. It's a bit silly that the house is this um, controlling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like phoning people up and shit. I don't know. Uh, it's fine. It's Bill, fine. have you ever seen uh, the original Amityville Horror? I feel like I've watched like bits and pieces of it on TV, but never watched it all the way through because it's boring. Yeah, I hear yeah. the sequels are better, mm-hmm. or at least some well, of the sequels. I'm I'm really stoked. I'm gonna watch this week. Uh, Amity, I think it's part three. No, it's not part three because that's in 3D. It's called Amityville Horror. About it's about time. Basically, somebody takes the clock from the house. And the clock is haunted, and they take it to a new house. So I'm just like fascinated to see what that's what that's like. But I, I, remember, I was scrolling through Shutter. It's on Shutter, yeah. I remember in high school, a bunch of us one summer, we were watching all the horror classics. So we watched The Exorcist, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is scary and freaky." Yeah. And then next week, it was like, "All right, let's get the next big one. Let's get the Amityville Horror." And we watched it, and it was just like, "Whoa, this is not The Exorcist." You do get you do get a rather uh, good underwear scene with Margot Kidder. And that's, uh, Okay. unnecessary uh, topless scene with her, which is, sure, bonus. Uh, but yeah, beyond that. Go ahead, sorry, everybody. Go ahead, no, like, I know it was a commercially successful movie, but it doesn't seem like anybody likes the Amityville Horror. No. I saw the, I saw the remake when it came out, the one with, like, Ryan Reynolds, because I was working a Blockbuster at the time it came out, and I don't remember thinking much about it. Um, but it had a, it spawned a bunch of sequels. Has anybody seen any of the sequels? Yeah, I don't remember any of them though. They must they must have been there must have been something to these sequels. Well, I mean, they did Amityville two, Amityville three, three D, which is the infamous one that has the title of the movie is Amityville three D, and then right below it is like note not actually in three D. Oh was, no, <laughs> that was my favorite box, but. Uh, and there was the one that was all about like a dollhouse that looked that was like of the Amityville house. Um, I mean, I think the only thing it's really known for now is that I mean, the the, the thing it had going for it at the time was this is a true story. And yeah, they're all Ed and, yeah. But it's from Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are the uh, the inspiration behind the Conjuring films, and they've long for a long time have been known as being charlatans and and fakers. So it's. Yeah, like I like the Conjuring films; they're really good. But uh, but Ed and Lorraine Warren, the real people, are just full of it. 
Sure. And I'm always down for a good um, a ghost story. I don't need a, a true premise. I mean, that's fine it's, if it sells the tickets. But yeah, it was just just kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Phil, any final thoughts on the Amityville Horror? It's been so long since I've seen it, so I... Oh, the, walls start, really... the walls start bleeding at the end. Sorry, Phil. Um, and um, it's like, why didn't these walls start bleeding way earlier? It would have been cool. Yeah, when it could have been entertaining. All right, so my next film that I watched was Witchboard, starring Tani Katan. Um, the, for a film that has a bunch of sequels, uh, it's, it's, it's like I called it on my Instagram story, Dumb Poltergeist. Um, it's basically, there's, a, there's like a, a, a house party and it's a mixture of Tani Katan, uh, whatever her name is, uh, her ex-boyfriend's friends and her current boyfriend's friends and there's lots of tension. And it starts off with one of her ex-boyfriend saying, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God or religion or any of that crap. And then in the next scene, the atheist is like, but I do believe in the Ouija board. And he takes out the Ouija board. <laughs> and so they do like a little seance where they try and contact like one That's of his... That's that. Yeah. He, 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 pull, he contacts a ghost friend of his. It's like a 10-year-old boy. That he's like, oh, I talk to him all the time. But then apparently they conjure another spirit that's some mass murderer, but they don't know that until much later. Uh, for a horror movie that's like about like hauntings and witchiness and scariness, it uh, mostly takes place in the day with people having conversations outside in broad daylight. And there's a uh, seance, which is kind of fun, uh, just because the medium is like a total joke 80s character, but can actually be medium, can actually talk to spirits. It's not very good. Uh, the sequel, I was told that the sequel is apparently much, much better, so I'm going to give that a shot soon. See what that's like, but uh, yeah, which board? Meh, meh, meh. And then, uh, Kit, what did you watch next? Uh, I went back for another classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, a classic from my childhood. Uh, I watched uh, 1987's The Monster Squad. Mm. Ooh, AKA, do not show it to your kids because they'll start saying the F word. And I'm not talking about that F word. I'm talking about the other F word. It, it does, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I would say, more or less a close um, depiction of what uh, school is like, but with no uh, sort of, you shouldn't say those words kind of uh, thing. Modern kids, just, they don't say those words. They're, they they're don't. Know. But back in, uh, back in 1987. But we're of that generation, so. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Beyond that, I, they also have uh, one of the kids is only called Fat Kid until the very end when he's like, my name is Horace. <laughs> That's a much better name, Horace. <laughs> and, you, and you can tell the cool kid, too, and he, uh, he arrives right near the start to, uh, to take down the, the bullies who are gratuitously using the F word. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell he's cool because he uh, wears a leather jacket and like, uh, like boating sandals and he smokes cigarettes. And this kid's supposed to be like 13. He's like smoking cigarettes the whole movie. It's great. They do not make movies like this anymore. No. Um, I don't know. I got a lot of nostalgia for it. It's a very quick movie. Uh, does not slow down. It's a Goonies ripoff, which I didn't realize because I didn't ever watch the Goonies for whatever reason. Just somehow missed it when you I was a kid. Need to. Well, the, the kids in the... Here's the thing. The kids in the Monster Squad, you are actually endeared to them. The kids in the Goonies are just annoying little shits. Like, <laughs> when I was a kid watching it, I'm like, the, like, I didn't like the movie because these kids never shut up. And they were assholes to each other and yelling and screaming and teasing I each mean, other. I mean, the Monster Squad kids are assholes to each other as well. Yeah, but, they're, but they at least, like, fight monsters and stuff. Um, and Tom, Tom Noonan? 
Tom Noonan is uh, Frankenstein's monster, and mm -hmm. he basically plays plays the um, who's the equivalent in Goonies? The uh, hey, you guys, sloth. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the He's big guy. Like yeah. Sloth role. Yeah, that um, and this mental illness. Yeah, and this also has um, at one point Dracula picks up a five year old girl and says, "Give me the crystal, you bitch." <laughs> right in her face. It's a, it's a great movie. Ends with a rap song about that uh, goes over the plot called Monster Squad. Nice. I wonder when they used to do that. It was like Partners in Crime with the, at the end of uh, TMNT, the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm still thumbs up on that, despite uh, the, the kind of of its time problematic elements there. Well, in the well I, like, I like what uh, HBO Max is doing, where they're just like putting up a war like not a warning, but just a note like, hey, this is of its time. It doesn't, it, it doesn't reflect the values of today. Certain things that are said in it are wrong, and they were wrong back then. But just you know, they just do a little thing of like, "Hey, it's not from now. You're gonna have to read it." It's it's like I always point out trigger to people, warning, huh? Trigger warning. Not a trigger warning so much as just a heads up. This isn't this isn't gonna uh, like you're not gonna be able. It's not gonna be uh, comparable to today's values. But yeah, I enjoyed the Monster Squad when I saw it like a couple years ago. I got I got the DVD here. So, God, did I get rid of that DVD? I hope to God I didn't. I'm, I'll uh, I'll hunt here. Hopefully, I still have it. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see it again. Um, it's got the, one of the best uh, clubhouses I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. The um, the tree fort that the Monster Squad stays in. Yeah, Top I also love how they uh, they uh, incapacitate the Wolfman. They kick him in the balls. Was, oh yeah, Wolfman's got nards. It's, yeah. it's, it was endlessly quotable when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, so normally I go on to Phil, but you've already exhausted your horror movie watching. Um, so yes. I, sorry. Uh, the next one I watched was Subspecies from 1991. Uh, it's a Charles Band shot in Romania special back in the era when Charles Band, after the fall of communism, bought a, uh, bought a castle in Romania and decided to make all his films there because he could employ people for like a dollar a day. And he did. Uh, this film is, I, I always thought this was like a, uh, so it was like about people living in the sewers, kind of like chuds, but a bit more violent and gory. But in this one, it's just sort of like, hey, there's vamp, it's in Romania, and it's in Transylvania. And what's in Transylvania? Vampires. And there's like this family of vampires, and uh, the dad of the family of vampires had an affair with another woman, and they created a subspecies of vampire. That's this one guy, and that's where it, the title subspecies comes from. I, I have a feeling this was a title that Charles Band had before he had a movie. Like he famously would do that. Like he'd have a poster and like a title before the movie actually existed. Like um, for instance, the movie Castle Freak, which was also shot in the same castle in Romania, directed by Stuart Gordon, uh, starring uh, uh, Jeffrey Coombs, Combs and Barbara Crampton. Um, basically uh, Stuart Gordon was in, Charles Band's office uh, and saying like uh, oh, he was pointing to this poster on the wall for a movie called Castle Freak and uh, Stuart Gordon's like hey what's that about and Charles Band's like well we actually haven't shot it yet would you like to direct it and Stuart Gordon's like well what's it about and Charles Band goes there's a castle and in it is a freak and that was it that was all that was all that he told them and then Stuart Gordon like wrote the script in a week and they went to to Europe and shot it and uh, turned out well. Subspecies didn't turn out as well. I mean, it had to, like the the setting was great. It was shot really well. I really like the aesthetic. Um, 
But apparently Angus Scrim is in it somewhere, but I didn't see him. So I don't know how that worked. Um, yeah, that was Subspecies, a lackluster vampire movie. Ooh. Yeah. Kit, what's next one you saw? I got two more, actually. Ooh, let's let's hit them up. All right, I saw... Oh, this is a Halloween night uh, double feature. Ooh. Uh, went to a friend's house for a small, uh, like, Halloween Schindler's spooky List? movie. Yes, Schindler's List. Schindler's List 2, The Ghost of yeah. Schindler. Yeah. <laughs> Social distanced, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just... It was already people I work with, so they're basically, if you want to call it a bubble. Yes, yeah, they're your social bubble, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, saw The Cabin in the Woods, which I'd already seen, but uh, it was on the menu. People wanted to watch it, so I was like, sure, sounds good. It's uh, it's good, man. It was like Joss Whedon at the height of his powers, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like. Although they shot it before Avengers. Yeah. But it came out afterwards. Oh, yeah, that's true. But okay. uh, that was that year that Liam Helmsworth aged backwards, or what? No, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Is yeah, he because he, he shot all those movies that didn't come out, and then after Avengers came out, all these movies started coming out that were that that was basically him aging backwards. I I don't remember that. I feel like he hasn't even aged to this day. He looks the same um, as with all these you know actors with all their cash. Um, actors named Chris. Actors named Chris who don't seem to age. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, it was as uh, good as I remembered. Uh, a very well-executed meta-horror deconstruction-type film, I thought. Always mm-hmm. nice to see Richard Jenkins. Remember when Richard Jenkins was in like was like a tertiary character in every other film? Yeah, yeah. great. Those are, those are good times. Mm-hmm. Like Likes me some Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What uh, what do you guys think of the of Cabin in the Woods? I'm a fan. I haven't seen it in a while. I uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was nice. I liked it was a good twist on things. I think it's also important that it just it's a shame that the trailer at the time kind of ruined the surprise of it all. Of like, oh, it's it's a setup, and yeah, I really love the thing of like how none of the characters are archetypes until they get to the cabin, and then they basically get yeah. both with pheromones that turn like the Chris Hemsworth character into like a, a alpha bro doc, which he is yeah. not. And it turned, and basically like when one of the characters dyes her hair blonde, she becomes the, the ditzy party girl. Ditzy slut. I know. I even like the main character, how she's like, like I'm a virgin. And the guy's like, what? And she's like, wait, no, I'm not. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they work with what they can get. Uh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver utters later. Mm-hmm. Phil, um, have you seen, what do you think about Cabin in the Woods? I don't like it. Ah, why, Phil? Oh, I just couldn't stand it. It's just that, you know... Too meta? Too... Yeah, it takes it's way more clever than it is, and it just, it just grated on me. Mm. I don't remember anything specific about it. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but it just uh, really grated on me at the time. It might sit better with you on a second watch, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got uh, oh sorry um, just, just uh, there was a Hellraiser character in there too you know like in that scene where they yeah. finally you know, they're first attacked by the, the bunker family or whatever yeah and then they go below and then you get to see almost every single like 
possible monster that could have uh, attacked them at the cabin, including like a Hellraiser with like a sphere that he has, and he's got yeah, yeah. paw blades in his head instead of pins. Yeah, still a uh, little pinhead. Gothic as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, Graham, do you have one more film, or do you want to do you want to end do, it but off? I'll say I'll save it until the last. What what's okay. yours, Kit? Uh, went with another classic, uh, Poltergeist, the original, of course. Okay. That's been a long time since I've seen it. Thoughts? Uh, man, I like it. Um, I'm told that this may have been one of the first films I ever saw as like a two-year-old, but I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I know it's a, uh, sorry, is it Tobe or Toby? I'm going to get that Toby. out of the way. It, it is Toby. Yes. For and sure. I want to say this now before anyone says anything differently. Steven Spielberg did not direct Poltergeist. No, he didn't. This is true. I, yeah. I was looking into that just a little bit because I remember uh, apparently there was some friggin' like third level um, camera assistant or something like that who made this claim, but he was yeah. nowhere near no. high enough to even know of these things. Yeah, that uh, creepy camera assistant who also spoke, talked about how he got to, there was some shower scene that he was like in that same interview because I heard it he was saying like in some movie he he like was like oh man it was so great because i got to film the shower scene with the lead actress and you're just like all right pervo that's strange yeah but uh kit uh, what's your what's your thoughts on uh, poltergeist man i like it um it's got uh it does have that uh, spielberg kind of sheen to it he obviously uh had some fingerprints in this one yeah, he, he was the producer yeah of course of course um but it, in a good way i think you know the best parts of like the, the Spielberg, the things that are fun about like E.T. and um, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind are kind of present here. Um, you know, it's not very scary, really, but uh, mm-hmm. in terms of just a well-executed movie, um, a ghost movie, I think I think I really liked it. Uh, I've seen it before, of course, but uh, another thing that I really liked was the parents themselves, um, mm-hmm. played by Craig T. Nelson and uh, Joe Beth Williams. Mm-hmm. I think was either married to Spielberg at this point or was later no, on. No, they were never. Amy Irving was married to Spielberg. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know where I got that from. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they're just really good, like, parents. Um, and they don't, like, get in each other's way. There's none of this weird skepticism where they're like, I don't know, I don't know, uh, you're, you're crazy. There's no ghost. This can be explained. They just buy into it right away and try to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, and there's also, a, like, a super casual scene where they're, like, you know, they put the kids to bed, it's the end of the day, and they're just rolling up some doobies and, and having some laughs. Sorry about uh, the swear there, Graham. Um, yeah. And it's just, just very casual. And it's hinted at later that the kids, you know, the older kids kind of know that they smoke pot. Uh, they certainly, like, their kid kind of stumbles into the bedroom there and is afraid of the lightning, and they don't try to hide everything really quickly. It's just a very casual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very competent um, parent protagonists throughout the movie, so this is never an issue. And I just uh, I like the representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's, it's a good film. Phil, what are your thoughts on Poltergeist? I've seen it since I was a kid, but I remember really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a solid film. It's um, apparently that the teenager who plays Dana, uh, the daughter, she's uh, in the. The famous sort of meme gif, uh, oh, what is happening when she returns to the house, comes out of the cab and just starts screaming at the house because it's exploding. Um, or imploding, I should say. It's actually sucking in on itself. Yeah. Um, she died after this yeah. film? Yeah. And then, it's, 
uh, the little girl uh, later died after they made the third one. Yeah, it was it was actually explored really well in the in the Shutter series Cursed Films. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one of those things where it's just sort of like it's just an unfortunate series of events. Everyone's like, oh, it was cursed because they used real skeletons in the in the pool scene. Did and they? guess what? They did. But guess what? Real skeletons, like that's standard practice pretty much because when you order skeletons to get like lifelike fake ones made, it's actually cheaper just to get old medical mm-hmm. skeletons. It's funny because that is what causes all this poltergeist action is the fact that they just got this new suburb and they didn't move, they moved the gravestones, but not, not the, the graves. Uh, yeah. Graves. So it's just a bunch of real skeletons that are causing all this uh, psychic trauma. Yeah. And we should also point out that it's not in this film, it's in the sequel where the whole concept of the Indian burial ground came from. That's true. Also, but that is mentioned in The Shining mm-hmm. uh, that the Overlook Hotel is uh, on an Indian burial ground. That's kind yeah. of a trope of these, these type of films. Um, but yeah. And then the uh, the sequels, I remember two not being that great or necessary. Three one of the people I should... Yeah. Three apparently is getting some reevaluation. I remember seeing that when I was younger and not thinking much of it. Um, well, at the, at the time, the little girl had died while they were on a hiatus, and they actually had to go back and continue. I didn't know film. that, though. Yeah. I was judging it without that quality, just yeah. thinking it was a very good film. But apparently it's not as bad. Yeah. But even one of the people that I showed the uh, the movie to, I hadn't seen it before, was like, this This is good enough. This film is as good as a standalone. They don't need to do another one. That doesn't no. make any sense. It, it was, it was right. at the time, every film got a sequel. Yep. That's why there's Porky's 2 and 3. Because you want to you go, because the mother goes to the other side, the daughter's obviously there for most of the film, and obviously the audience wants to see the other side. They don't have to. No. Um, so we have three minutes left before our recording time runs out. I just want to talk quickly oh. about the, the last film I watched, which is the scariest film you will see this year. It is called Totally Under Control, and it is a documentary about uh, how America dealt with the coronavirus situation. As told by the medical professionals who were at one point in charge of, of dealing with the situation, who were later fired by Trump because they were, quote-unquote, too negative. Um, this is a, a major, well-made documentary by Alex Gibney. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend everyone watch it. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be after the U.S. election, so hopefully our friends down south have given Trump the boot, or we're in for a very rough four years. Um, so with that, uh, this, is, this wraps up our Rocktober special episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this time. I love Halloween. I'm actually very depressed now that it's over, and I'm yeah. seeing Christmas stuff everywhere immediately shoved in my face. We can only uh, watch romantic comedies now. Not me. And listen to Mariah Carey. <laughs> well, we could watch Silent Night, Deadly Night, but we've covered that on the pod. I, think, I need to find some new Christmas horror films for us to watch. So that's that's. We can watch the new uh, Black Christmas. Yeah, we could. Apparently, it's it's not bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for Death by Video, I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I've been Graham. Saying thank you so much for listening to all these special Rocktober episodes. Keep watching awesome horror movies year round, regardless. And uh, let's hope that twenty twenty one isn't as long as twenty twenty was, so we can get to Halloween again very soon. It will be shorter by at least a day. Yes. All right. Bye. Hey. We are.